Joe Got Time here on The Breakfast Show. You're listening to Faith FM 87, 6, 87, 8 or 88. We are about to have another question for the quiz. You're with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, give us the next question. Upon Moses' order, who led the children of Israel in the defeat of Amalek? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our three amazing true story books that we have this week. And I have another one here, Lyle, that I'd love you to describe. It's called The Man Who Couldn't Be Killed. What is this one about? This is an amazing story. Uh-huh. This guy was this. This is a, a story from China. Mm. Uh, during the Cultural Revolution, he was arrested and imprisoned for his faith. Wow! And they tried to kill him through a whole bunch of different methods over a very long period of time. He spent a long, long time in communist jails for his faith. He was a witness for God. He led many people to Christ. Wow! And uh, there was some truly supernatural, miraculous stories that took that mm. took place here to to preserve his life. A man of, just a, a man of giant faith. Amen. Well, hey, if you want this book amongst others that we are, will, we will be drawing at the end of the week, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And again, that number was, upon Moses's order, who led the children of Israel in the defeat of Amalek? All right. You know the answer, you know the number. 0491-064-669. Heading over to text messages, this is what you had to say about the first half of the show. The first mm. text message says, wow, that was a great story. When is he, that's Owen Shaw, coming back to finish the story? The answer is tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. He will be back on, but he won't finish the story until Friday. Mm. So tomorrow he comes back and the story will continue this week. We will take a break for our regular uh, segment with Jennifer Skews on emotional health in the middle of the week, but we're going to make this into a four-part series and it's going to run all week. Mm. And believe me, even though we have spent that much time on it, you've only heard half of the story. Yeah, well. Uh, you, to, full, to get the full story, you'll have to wait for the book to come out. Mm. Okay, what else have we got here? Coming through on the text message about the Moon Festival and Mooncakes. Interesting story. Never knew that. I suppose a love, I suppose a love story. No relationship to Biblical Creation Week. Let's face it, the devil has taken the biblical story and changed it a thousand times to confuse humanity from believing in Jesus as the creator of this world and salvation. While there are many creation stories out there, they are based on a lie made by Satan. Yeah, you know what? I was telling Lyle about this, actually, because there are some variations in the story as to whether you view... uh is it? Is his name who or you? Let's call him you. The dude. The dude. The, the dude in the, the story. The dude in the story, whether you view him as a hero or not. Or a villain. Or a villain. So the difference between whether you um, view him as a hero or a villain is either he became tyrannical and that's why his wife stole the elixir of life she and was, She was like, I'm going to get away from this abuser. Yeah. Or that she just wanted it for herself. And she and was just, greedy. She was and just he was greedy. actually a good dude. From what I can see, the difference between those two outcomes as to which group of people believes what. Because it's spread across like a bunch of different yeah. Asian nations, Japan, Mongolia, Malaysia. Malaysia, and you know, Hong between. Kong, Taiwan. The difference between people who believe that the guy is tyrannical or not is whether you're sympathetic to China. 
So if you're sympathetic to China, you see this guy as a hero who deserved to drink the elixir of life and was stolen by his wife. But if you're not sympathetic to China, from what I've seen, his th- wife Peter. then he's an abuser. Which there are some in extreme political undertones in that. That oh yes, that reflects what we see today. And this is the thing with Lyle, but it's like, oh, this story is so old. And when did you know those variations develop? Well, China's always been an area that has been controlled by different people and has been a. And China has always had enemies. Always had enemies that have felt oppressed by China. Like I think it's not hard to imagine. You know, Japan is under pressure from China, and it's like well, let's change the myth a little bit. Yeah, like, that's a right. Anti-Chinese. Japan's like version of it because Japan Japan has a really different mythology. It kind of plays into it a little bit, com- but compared to the rest of Asia, particularly those other countries that are, you know, like pretty much Chinese. Whether you're talking about like Hong Kong or Taiwan or Singapore or. Um, Malaysia, like where you've got Chinese people who immigrated out of China to those countries um, and they've maintained those connections versus, yeah, a Korea or a Japan is a fair bit different. But still, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all there. Ah, very interesting evening you had. I am jealous. I wish I'd have been able to be there to just mm. sit and quiz these guys. Mm-hmm. All right, the state commands the teacher, thou shalt lie. What a joke. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty heavy one. Like just to say to this teacher, oh, like, hey, if you don't lie, you're going to lose your job. And as we said in the story, um, it's it's interesting that we it has come to this. It is uh, continues on. What a joke! Can you imagine the people's mind who come up with these statements? Insanity. But this is kind of a normal thing in our world today. Mm. Teachers are, are told if you don't lie to parents about you know what students are doing at school, then you will lose your job. Mm. Well, that's going to have a little bit of pressure on it now that this particular school has had to fork out $95,000 Yeah, wow. trying to force their teacher to do that. Mm. Um, who wants to go to a school that has... Oh, this is an interesting one because we've got a couple of different views on this. Mm. Uh, we talked about a school that excludes students on a whole bunch of moral grounds. Mm. Some of those moral grounds include fornication mm. and adultery and other sexual sins that are very popular in our world today. And they say, look, if, you, if you're practicing this, if you're promoting this, if you're affirming this, if you're going to come to school and you're going to talk about you know, the lifestyle that you're living in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you can't come to this school. Mm. And the question is, okay, do we exclude these people from our Christian schools or not? Now, certainly we can exclude that kind of behavior and we should exclude that kind of behavior at school. You don't do that kind of thing at school. That's, you know... I think obvious. Mm. But do we exclude them from coming there in the first place? Okay, so the, the, the different views are if we bring them there, then we witness to them and uh, we have the opportunity to lead them to Christ. Other people say, no, we want to protect our children. Where do we go with this? So we had a couple of different views on this and I will read both of them. Uh, who wants to go to a school that has no morality? That is like saying to your child, go to hell. Character is the only thing we take to heaven. There's a, very valid, a number of very valid points right here. Mm. This is why why parents choose to send their children to a Christian school is because they want those students to learn Christian morals. Mm. Okay. Then we have this one which says students shouldn't be punished for what they do at home. Of course, at school they should be abiding by the school's principles. We have the example of Jesus. He had never excluded people because of who they were. I think the same applies at church. All are welcome. But we will not change what we preach if you get offended by it, but we will not change what you preach. Okay, all are welcome, but we will not change what we preach. If you get offended by it, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin. 
If you don't like it and refuse to be changed by it, you're welcome to leave. But we will pray that you won't. Mm. So I think there's some. I think that's. A, I actually really like uh, Braden's message, text message, right there. I think there's a lot of uh, balance in that one. Mm. Anyway, let's hear your thoughts. Uh, how, how would uh, how would you approach this? What are your thoughts on this? Mm. Um, somebody complained they lost mobile reception at the end of that. Yeah, Shell's going to turn that interview into it'll be about an hour or so long podcast, uh, long form format. So mm. we will get that done at some particular point. But first, we're going to be playing playing Owen Shaw's testimony, his story here on Faith FM. Uh, through this coming week. You do not want to miss a single instalment because I don't know when the long-form version will be available via podcast. Mm. So make sure you're tuning in every morning for interview of the day to catch up with that particular interview right there. Mm. All right, Lawson, it's time for us to get into our Bible study. I'm ready. And this week it is, we're going to the book of Romans chapter 15, oh. verse 4 and 5. We're going to be talking about patience. Oh, okay. I love it. Like what kind of patience? You're like, kind of slow in saying, like, I love it. Palliative care, orthopedics. Osteoporosis. <laughs> what kind of patients, Lyle? Like, well, what is their medical condition? Come on. Uh, Lawson, 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 Lawson. <laughs> what are we going to... Listeners, what are we going to do with Lawson? Just, I need I need your help. 0491-064-669. How do I, how do I help this brother? <sighs> I can already see, I can already see the text message coming in that says, get married. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and then you will learn about patience. Yes, amen, amen. It will have nothing to do with medicine whatsoever (laughs) at all in any way, shape, or form. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. I think I just love... Taking things blatantly literal. Uh, anyways, let's let's uh, Romans, Romans fifteen, Romans verse four 15 and five. four and five. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Okay, mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. There you've got it. Mm-hmm. Patience mm-hmm. is something that we all need to have more of. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, like if you make your way through this verse, it's like, hey, the scriptures were written long ago to teach us and to, you know to encourage us and see us see God's promises fulfilled, mm-hmm. and that will lead us to have more patience. Do some of those promises in the Bible take a long time to be fulfilled? Yeah. Like how long so, were the Egyptians in? Sorry, how long were the Israelites in Egypt for? Four hundred years. How long were they in Babylon for? Uh, two seventy years. Seventy. Yeah, but then the kind of you know it goes into the Medo Persia and yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got gotcha. you. But they were in exile. They were in exile in Babylon for seventy years. Yes. Yep. Okay, so some of these take a long time to be fulfilled. What about the promise of the Messiah that is given in Genesis chapter 3? Well, that takes a couple thousand years. About 4,000 years later. Roughly 4,000 years. We've got Jesus turning up. Uh, What about the promise of the second coming, which also is made in Genesis chapter 
three. Well, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we learn when we look at the past? Should we, I mean, there has been many times when people have said, you know, a Seventh-day Adventist, and of course Faith FM Radio is owned by the Adventist Church, mm-hmm. and one of the main themes of the Adventist Church, of course, is the return of Christ, and it's like, you've been preaching this for 150 years. Mm. You've been saying that Jesus is coming soon for 150 years. Mm. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you be getting sceptical by now? I mean, 150 years is a long time. That is generations and generations. I can read my grandfather's sermons when he was preaching and he believed that Jesus was coming in his lifetime and it didn't happen. Mm. And when I started preaching when I was 20, I was like, ah, who, who reached 30 years old? Never going to happen. <laughs> now I'm 50. <laughs> so what does the past examples of the way that God works, what message should that give to us? Yeah, like one of patient endurance and faith. Like to say, okay, these things will come to pass. And the reason that it hasn't come to pass is because there is a reason on God's side. You know, I I don't know if the Bible study is going there, but when I hear the word patience, like I just think of, like my mind immediately goes to like a 2 Peter 3, 9. It's like, you know, God is not slack concerning his promises, but, you know, some count slackness. Uh, but you know, he is desiring all people to be saved and to to come to him. And so he is he is patient. He is long suffering. He's the one that's patient because all of these things can happen immediately. But he is the one that is patient for us. Absolutely. And we've got this we've got I think one of the reasons the Bible gives us all these precedents. I mean, how long did it take the flood to take to come? It took 120 years. Mm. The Bible gives us precedent after precedent after precedent where God is saying, Look. It feels like a long time to you. In mm-hmm. the universe, this is not a long time. This is a short time. Mm-hmm. It just feels long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason for it, and don't freak out. Mm. It will happen. Yeah. It will get there. They waited 4,000 years for the Messiah to turn up. Yeah, wow. You've only got to wait 2,000 for the second coming since the Messiah. What are you worried about? Mm. That's so true. And we live such short lives. Like we can, We can view our lives in the context of like the grander scope of history and say oh well we've waited so long and it's like well actually i haven't waited longer than anyone else um, um i'm in the i'm 23 years old i'm i'm not uh i'm not i'm not you know hundreds of years deep in this i'm like and i've only been a christian for six so technically like i've, I've only been waiting for the second coming of christ for about six years and yet still we can feel like oh why hasn't this happened yet we're so weary on this earth and we are the earth is tired, and I think, if anything, that proves that Jesus is coming soon when we can look out the window or read the newspaper and clearly see our world falling apart. But Absolutely. But really, yeah, God is God is getting it done. Okay, so we have a text message coming here through here, Lawson. Oh, okay. In relationship to your comments. Ah. About patience. Okay, yes. It seems you might actually be right. Uh-huh. So coming through from our resident wordsmith, Uh Bruce, he says, although Lawson was just being silly, is actually right. I know. Because we are all patients in God's recovery ward. Amen. (laughs) Well done, Bruce. Yeah. And that ward, you know, there's different types of wards. There's the ED. There's, like, all kinds of wards. Our ward is 
the, the ward of sin like that we all need recovery from and that God is the only physician that can heal it. You know, there's probably, we probably need to get a doctor on here one day to give us mm. a whole interview on all of the different wards that you might find in a hospital and what they tell us about how God deals with sin. Totally. There'd be so many object lessons there. Dude. I, I love it when people come in and preach sermons who aren't preachers, who are like a professional in some area. Yeah, me too. Particularly when they're a doctor and they have the ability, like well, when you're an expert in any area. Yeah, but whatever like, it is. But a doctor who can come in and relay what they understand about their profession to what the Word of God says, and you can see those super tangible, amazing connections from what God's Word has said to, hey, this is the thing that I am an expert in. That seems like a secular field, but actually is just laden with messages from God. We had a church member at a church that I attended a long time ago who was an economist. Oh, wow. And his boring, his, his job to me sounded so mind-blowingly boring. Yeah. You know, when you would talk to him about his work, you know, i just start to get glassy-eyed after the first 30 seconds. <laughs> and uh, it was just like, oh. And... Uh, he preached a sermon one time, mm-hmm. opened up Revelation 13. Didn't know a whole lot about Revelation 13. I knew more about it than what he did. Uh-huh. He opens up Revelation 13 and then starts to talk about economics and uh-huh. the world and how it works and what happens and about his job and what he knows from his job. And it was one of the most mind-blowing sermons I ever remember hearing. Yeah. I, was, I was just sitting there like, that is just absolutely amazing. Mm. We need to record this. We need to get it out on. I didn't have YouTube back then. <laughs> uh, we need to get this out on, what did they have back then? Tapes. VHS. VHS. We got to distribute. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, I think we've got Bruce on the line. Uh, Bruce, yep. welcome to the show. Yeah. You know, we're talking about time and, you know, but really it's not about how long because really time is experience. And mm. so you develop something by experiencing it. Mm. And so if we're looking at the time, that's how, that's our, actually our reward. When you look at the vineyard owner, the parable that Jesus told, they all got a penny a day, you know, but the reward was spending time in the vineyard with the vineyard owner and getting to know him. And that's what this life's about. It's about spending time with God in all these crucibles and all these things we're going through. That's our reward because we realize that we, we're together with God. We need him, you know, and mm. it's all about experiencing that need and actually having that need fulfilled because allowing him to come in and meet that need. And so really that's that's what it's all about when you read the Bible. It's really all about experiences of people and God and the time and what they gave to God and 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 so that developed them. I love you know? you, I love your um, I love your concept here of the your your perspective of the glass half full rather than half empty because so many people look at this life as like oh this is terrible this is a burden whereas you know and particularly the time that we're here what mm. you're pointing out is that that time is a gift because we get to spend it with Jesus yeah. Exactly and you know what this is the only time in the history of the universe that this time will be Mm. Because it's and I sing when it's done away with, and this opportunity to be with God and and exercise faith because we can't see Him and have that walk, intimate walk with Him. Whereas after that, it'll never happen again, and we'll be the only ones in the whole universe, the history, you know, the, the universe that actually had that experience. And God had that experience by 
Jesus being one of us as well. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us, Bruce. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Goes along very well with what we are talking about this morning. A couple of text messages here. There's one that I forgot to read earlier. It says, glad you pronounced Mackay correctly. That's from Karen. Maybe Karen's from Mackay. I don't know. Uh, but if you are from Mackay, then we'd love to hear from you. Then you've got this one from Sky. It says, as my dad says, dad joke warning. Mm. You need nah, to be a, no you need warning. To be, no warning because be, I'm not a dad. You need to be a doctor and have patience. Mm. So she's given a dad joke. So she's giving a dad joke warning right That's now. So, awesome. so I think that I think that um, Lawson, whenever you do dad jokes, you should give a dad joke warning, just like Sky does. Nah, dad joke warning coming up. I'm not a dad. That's all right. It's I just I, it's undisclosed because it's not be appropriation. If you were you would be dad appropriation. It's not a dad joke because I'm not a dad, and Sky's also not a dad. It's just a joke. It's just funny. <laughs> This is this is this is, this is think, somebody who's know, being offended know, offended because so, of like dad appropriation yeah, happening here. Yesterday we had Father's own. Day. Where's the Sunday? It's a Bible study. <laughs> Why dads want says. everything? Okay, well, Hebrews chapter ten is where we're going to. Totally, Hebrews chapter ten. I'm. Keen. Let's talk about patience. Mm-hmm. And while we're heading there, we've got this other text message came through. It says Christians have been preaching for the second coming for two thousand years. Mm. Then brings up an interesting point. The 2,000-year prophecy ended in 1844. Look around the world. It's telling you time has nearly run out, Mm -hmm. only a few years left. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Not too many prophecies left. Now, this is really, really interesting because when Daniel received the 2,300-year prophecy, he freaked out. Mm. The Bible says he was sick. He couldn't understand it. He couldn't figure it out. How is it possible that history could go on that long? It'd be like if, if God came to you right now and said, yeah, okay, Lawson, here's a prophecy that's going to span another couple of thousand years. And you'd be like, what? Mm. No. Just come back and end this place already. Mm. But did God have a plan? Mm. Yes, he did. And we can look back on that plan from our standpoint in history. We can understand what God's plan was and why he didn't come back then. Mm. And we can gain courage from that, from past experiences that we have in the Bible and other people's experiences. We can gain courage from that, that God's timing knows no haste mm. and no delay. Mm-hmm. It's an old proverb you won't find in the Bible, but it's a truism. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can take courage from the fact that, yes, God does see at times that we're going to need patience. Hebrews chapter 10, why don't you read for us verse 25, 35. In Hebrews 10 and verse 35, the Bible says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Okay, and verse 36. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. And keep going, verse 37. And continues on for just a little while. The coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Okay, and from that particular point, that's kind of like Paul's introduction right here Mm. to Hebrews 11. Mm. In Hebrews 11, what Paul does is he goes through all of these great men of faith. Mm. And when you go through these stories of these great men of faith, what you're going to find is over and over and over again, men of patience. Mm. 
So if you launch on from here, because, you know, his big thing here is don't freak out, don't panic. He says, uh, particularly in verse 36, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. He says, you need some of this patience. He says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Mm. It's going to happen. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. He says, now the just shall live by faith. So this is one of the many places that Paul quotes from Habakkuk chapter 2, talking about the just living by faith. Mm. This is going to happen. It's going to come. Okay, let's look at some examples of people who needed faith and patience. Mm. We often call this the chapter or the or the the what the the hall of faith. faith hall of fame the faith hall of fame Hebrews chapter eleven you could also call it the patience hall of fame yeah wow so let's think about you know where we start here uh, with say Abel mm. who offers a better sacrifice than Cain he does so by faith and you think about Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. You know, when Cain was born, what was the expectation? He would be the Messiah. He would be the Messiah. Didn't happen. Cain is offering a more perfect sacrifice, and this illustrates the fact that didn't happen. Mm. Abel. Abel comes along. And so it talks about Abel. It comes down to Noah. Mm -hmm. Noah preaches for 120 years, is going to flood. Does he have any evidence during that time period it's going to flood? Other than what God said to him? No. And 120 years... Even when you're an antediluvian, that's a long time. Yes. You know, we preach, you know, we have preachers who preach for 50 years on the soon return of Jesus, and then at the end of that, they start to question, like, really? really? You know, I've been preaching this for 50 years? Yeah. I've been preaching it for 30. Uh, and, and the devil comes along from time to time, it's like, you're still preaching about, you're still preaching those old sermons that Jesus is coming back soon, and you've been doing it for 30 years? Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. You brought up, like, the roots of, the Adventist Church before. Which, yes. And it's like 150 years is within the lifespan of Noah. And it's yes. like that's been the existence yes. of a church that has said Jesus is coming back soon. That's right. Mm. So, yeah, just so, to yes. go along with what you're saying and your yes. point, it's like, yeah, obviously, like, like not only do you have individual people but a whole faith tradition that is like Jesus is coming back soon that's existed for 150 years where people would say, oh, man, isn't that getting kind of tired and old? And it's like, no, no, <laughs> it's actually pretty young when you look at the examples that we have in the Bible. And every day that we, you know, step forward, we get closer. Go down to verse eight. You've got by faith, Abraham goes to a country that knows nothing about. Mm. And he has promised you will become the father of a great nation. Does he see a great nation during his lifetime? No. Does he own any land during his lifetime? Nope. He's like, God's, God's like, I'll give you the whole promised land. He owns none of it. Mm-hmm. God's like, it's all yours. Not a not a blade of grass belongs to him. Mm. Oh, I tell a lie. He owns a cave, yeah, with, with dead bodies in he it. He bought a cave full of dead people. Yes, mm. as a as a as a as a uh, cemetery. Yeah, the only thing he owns is a small cemetery. And in fact, like potential for his specifically Abraham's descendants to be able to grow. Um, is obscured a number of times through some of the blunders that he makes. And even furthermore, like the division that happens between himself and Lot. Yes. It's like, oh, we're supposed to inherit all this land, but now we're dividing it between me and then this other guy, Lot, who hasn't received this promise. And he's getting the better stuff than I am. 
Yes. Like, so there are a number of challenges that Abraham went through in his life that could draw from that promise that God has given him. And he lives a long life. How does he look? Like 170 years or something? Yeah. He lives a long time during that entire time. Never owns anything. Mm-hmm. Never owns any land. This is a land that already has people, and it's not like God has sent him, like, oh, here's a land flowing with milk and honey where nobody lives. Why don't you go and settle that spot? No, it's already settled mm-hmm. with large and established nations. Yeah. How, literally how you, large, yeah, literally how do, how tall do you, people. How do you do that? It's a little bit like one family coming to Newcastle and God saying, oh, you're going to have the whole Hunter Valley. Eh. <laughs> and you've got no evidence for it. And so you can work your way down through here. All the way down through you've got patience. Mm. patience. I think this should be called the Hall of Patience. Mm. And uh, Paul has set this chapter up by saying, you need to learn about patience. Yeah. So let me tell you about faith. And endurance as well. Think about what the Jews are about to go through with the destruction of Jerusalem. Like they are going to be incredibly smashed in terms of their patience and endurance. It's like, how is Jesus going to come back when there's, you know, like, like the Holy Land's destroyed? And it's like, hey, there's no need for a Holy Land anymore. Like you can get through it. We're looking forward to a time in which Jesus will come in the future. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're going to have some answers for our quiz questions. Hope you got them all right. We're actually, we're actually not going to. Oh, we have we have made a blunder, and yeah. we apologise. Oh, we we forgot to do one of the questions. <gasps> we just skipped it. We were so oh. invested in being patient, yes, that we were hasty. We were impatient. Yeah, we were talking so much about patience. We were impatient. That's right. So we have one more question for you guys. Fill in the blanks, and with his stripes. Blank, blank, blank. A real, a real teeth itcher right there. You guys know what it is, surely. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Again, we have our three amazing biographical books, The Man Who Couldn't Be Killed, The French Pilot, and The Richest Caveman books about people who did incredible things, who God did incredible things through them. So again, give us a call, 0491-064-669. And that question was, fill in the blanks, and with his stripes... Blank, blank, blank. All right, time for... Question of the Day. Okay, our question of the day today is, according to Matthew 5, 19, so someone can teach people to break the commandments and they will be in heaven, but called the least, but still be there. That one comes from Suzanne. Yeah, it's a good question. No, that's not what the Bible says. Okay, so what you need to do when you read through this particular passage of Scripture is to look for the geography of the sinner, essentially, the mm-hmm. person, the human being. Where, what is the geography of the person? Uh, the, the, of the person is What is their geographical location? Is their geographical location in heaven or on earth? And here in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 19, the Bible says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and teach men to do so, he will be called least where? In, in the kingdom of heaven, the, the Bible says. The Bible says in the kingdom of heaven. So whereabouts is this conversation happening? On earth. No. Let me read it again. Uh-huh. Whoever shall... Okay, so, so and this is where we've got to, t- got to change the location from heaven to earth. Whoever shall break one of these commandments... Mm-hmm. Okay, so sinners are on earth. Uh-huh. So that's on earth. And teach men to do so. Mm-hmm. That's on earth. Because on earth. that's sin. Shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Where's that? On earth. Well, in heaven. In heaven. 
Sure. In heaven. So here's what you've got. You've got people here on this earth who are teaching people to break the commandments of God. Uh-huh. You've got people in heaven who are looking down and saying, they are the least. They are the lowest. Uh-huh. Ah, uh-huh. see? Uh-huh. It all okay, comes I'm together. feeling it. I'm yeah, feeling yeah, it now. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Then it continues on and it says, but whoever, because this is a tricky one. So are we tripped up laws in this morning? It takes a lot to trip him up. Um, shall be called least, but whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great, where? In heaven. In heaven. So in other words, the inhabitants of heaven, they look down on this earth, people that are teaching people to break the law of God are saying they are the lowest, they are the least, those are the most lost. Mm. Those who are teaching people to keep the commandments, they are the highest, they are the most righteous. And so what you've got is two different locations here. You have people on earth and their activities, and then you have the response of those who are living in heaven. Mm. The reason that we know this absolutely clearly is because of what the next verse says, where it says and clarifies this for us, just in case you were confused, it says in verse 24, I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case, in no way, enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So God is, Jesus here is very clearly talking about those on earth because sometimes you're absolutely right, Lawson. There are times when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven as including those who are That's on earth. That's right. Mm. But in this case, he's only talking about the kingdom of heaven including those who are in heaven because he's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees mm. who are not there. Mm-hmm. And so, and he says they will never get there. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees, they would t- teach people to keep the law. Mm-hmm just without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then he talks about those who are even lower than those, and he's like, those who are higher than the scribes and the Pharisees, those who keep teach people to keep the law and to keep, he goes on to say, the spirit of the law, which is a much higher standard than the mm. letter of the law. Those are the ones who will be saved, and those are the ones who will enter into heaven. So what we have here is the perspective of people in heaven versus the actions of people on earth or in relationship to the actions of people on earth. Then we've come to the end of the show. Braden says, Owen's story so far is amazing and as a father mm. I can sympathize with how he would have been feeling. Praise God that he is there and he cares for us even when we don't feel it. This year has taught me that even though at times it feels like God has abandoned you, he has not and he will not. Uh, great message coming through there from Braden. So glad that you were encouraged by the story of Owen Shaw. We're going to be covering more of his story as we continue tomorrow, and it will run through to the end of this week with the only break being Jennifer Skews talking about emotional health in the middle of the week. This is mm. We've never done this before, but if you've got a story like this to share, please share. We've had other mm. people that have heard people's stories and they're like, you know what, we've got a story to share, and we're hoping to have a few more long-form stories that mm. we can share as a sequence as a part of The Breakfast Show, researching a few of them right now. So stay tuned in this space. Well, friends, as we always like to encourage you as you go through your day today, remember to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.